Welcome to Crispy Coated Robot Listens to an in-depth exploration into music's pinnacle recordings of the past. For this episode, Jim and George will discuss Billy Joel's 1977 landmark album, The Stranger. Hey, it's Jim. And it is George of the Crispy Coated Robots. We're going to talk about an, uh, one of my favorite pieces of art, if you will, The yes. Stranger. Yes, Billy Joel's album from uh, 1977, released in September Not of that year. the Albert Camus novel, 1942. Oh, jeez. Okay. About an indifferent French Algerian. Nor is it The Stranger, the film by Orson Welles in 1946. This so, is I think you're trying to show Billy your intellect Joel. now. Okay. Uh, his sixth album. Have you ever noticed the albums that we review? They're like the sixth or the seventh. Oh, album. wow. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know what that means. And Billy Joel kind of had a rocky start. I know that his uh, first album, uh, one of his first albums, Cold Spring Harbor, was recorded like at the wrong speed. Oh, I know. Yes. And it still released it. I, I, I still, it's still amazing to me. It's like, and then he goes and re records them all over again for us for an album called songs in the attic yeah. later. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> because these, this is, these were great songs, but they're, you know, it's not like many Mickey mouse is singing them at, but had some great albums leading up to the stranger. Um, Turnstiles was right before that. It had uh, Miami 2017. Uh, also had James and a couple songs in there that I liked. Uh, but I think, you know, he was really kind of on the verge of being dropped. That's what I'm saying. The albums were, were good, but they just didn't have yeah. that. He had New York state of mind, on uh, turnstiles, and, and piano man, uh, uh, piano man. Before that, but uh, it was getting to yeah, it was getting pretty serious. Pretty like Columbia hey, records, they were getting ready to cut the cord if if this release didn't do well. So and, we, uh, yeah, it, it did fantastic. It won two Grammys uh, in 1976, Record of the Year, Song of the Year for Just the Way You Are, and uh, it, it, you know, to this day, it remains his biggest non-compilation album. And he made some great albums in the '70s with uh, producer Phil Ramone. Oh yeah, uh, that they just you know who did some stuff for Paul Simon too, and they oh, were yeah. just a great pair. Uh, the band's playing well. Uh, they open it up with the song uh, that became a hit. You know, who would have thought singing a song about somebody moving out of their house, you know, uh, would be actually becoming. I remember roller skating to this one in Bloomington, Illinois, uh, going around the circle and. and, and uh, but moving out, did you? Have- <laughs> yeah. But uh, what, what do you think about this? Is the start of the album? You know, uh, it's funny you mention that because the name of the album is "The Stranger." The yeah. second track is "The Stranger," and uh, you know, th- this album to me, uh, which Billy Joel is great at this, he he does all these characters, and uh, Anthony in this song uh, that we're about to listen to, I'm surprised that it wasn't bookended where you start with The Stranger instead of this. The only thing, and I don't base this on anything I've read or talked to anybody in the band, the only thing I can think of is because this is so upbeat and The Stranger kind of takes a little while to get into, I think that might be why they pushed it further up in the rotation. But again, that's just me as a casual observer. A little more rocky, a little more poppy, maybe. Yeah, that's that's why a that... great tune, though. So here it is, uh, as the Crispy Coated Robots listen to The Stranger, moving out Anthony's theme right here. The staff of Crispy Coated Robots and Circus Joe Productions deeply and sincerely regret that hosts Jim and George are too cheap and financially insolvent to fork over the necessary funds for the music licensing for this episode. Should you decide, as we have, that their lack of commitment to this cause has put a proverbial burr under your saddle, and you want to hear the tunes discussed, Please visit the hyperlinks provided in the episode notes. We apologize for this neglect and wanton travesty of a presentation. But seriously, what did you expect? Now on with the show. There you go. Yeah, I love that 
that Corvette sound at the end. That was the bass player's uh, Corvette. Uh, they just put a little tape machine next to that. Oh, really? Okay. I thought it was like just a, a random sound effect. No, they thing. actually went outside and and he drove around the block and they did that. Sounds uh, good. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to ask you, Jim. I know you're a songwriter and I'm a songwriter too. Have you ever had a song or a melody just kind of appear in your head? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you're definitely. Like, uh, you gotta, I don't know. You... Well, that's what happened with Billy Joel in this track. Except originally, this song was a very kind of soft ballad. And whenever he went into the studio, it had a very different tempo, you know, slower. When he performed it for the band, they they kind of was like, that, yeah, that's familiar. That's Neil Sadaka's Laughter in the Rain. Oh, wow. And so he kind of beefed it up, and uh, he was mortified and changed it to the the rocking tune that that uh, we have there. So. so that's moving out right here on the Crispy Coated Robots. Listen to The Stranger by Billy Joel. And the next song is the title track, The Stranger. Yes. And not the novel, not whatever not else the, you mentioned at the top <laughs> of the show. Not all that other stuff. Not that all other stuff, but, but what exactly... What did he mean, since you're the intelligent guy on the show? What did he mean when he said oh, wait, the stranger? Don't, don't, you do not tag me with that. <laughs> I do not need that so kind like, of pressure. Can you believe he said that? He's supposed to be the smart guy. Yeah, no, there are no smart people in this studio right now. <laughs> I guarantee you. Maybe somebody walking by. But uh, no, what, you know, whenever he was 21, uh, he, he broke up with his girlfriend. His band broke up. Uh, and he actually tried to kill himself. This is very serious. Wow. I'm not messing around here. Now... He tried to kill himself by drinking furniture polish, which he just Jeez. he learned that doesn't kill you. It just makes you really sick. But after the incident, he, he checked himself into a hospital for depression. And, you know, he said that it was a really kind of a good experience, a life-changing experience, because he saw people that had it way worse than he did. So he kind of learned, what am I feeling sorry for myself? And, uh, you know, but that half-hearted suicide attempt revealed a dark side of his personality to himself that he didn't really, he, w he wasn't aware that that was there. And uh, so the stranger and the masks that we wear and the mask that we wear to ourselves, you know. Yeah. And it's a, it's a great song too. So here it is, the title track for The Stranger as the Crispy Quarter Robots listen to The Stranger. Please pause the device player now to review the audio file link in the show notes if you're into that kind of thing. We now return to Jim and George. There you go. It'll. Yeah. It, don't worry, folks. There's, that's the, not the end of the stranger. It nope. comes back. Uh, don't give away spoilers. As the crispy coated uh, robots listen to the stranger, um, you know he wanted uh, there to be kind of a prelude that we hear with the whistling and everything, uh, and then it slams into the song, and so he he played it on the piano for the producer Phil Ramon, uh, and he whistled along with it, and he said, "Phil, what what instrument do you think?" should go with this you know what and and phil said dude you just did it and, and he played it back because they you know they were making like a demo recording and billy joel was like yeah that that's kind of cool and it gives a a different kind of um feel to it uh but it just really captured the the mood so that's the stranger great great track and the next song, he pretty much wrote his signature song, at least of the time. I know he's written some since then, but this is the one that really kind of made him be a premier songwriter. Yep. And so many people covered the song. So many, it's, it's a standard now, I think, in American music. And it's just the way you are. Yeah. And uh, one song of the year uh, and, and record of the year in 79, it's the first chart entry he ever had in England. Uh, 
Wow. So first single off of it. What's interesting is he really didn't, he wrote it for Elizabeth, his, his first wife. He really thought it was a kind of a gloppy ballad that would only get played at weddings. They almost didn't put it on the album because he thought it was, and I quote, it was a chick song. But again, uh, Phil Ramone, excellent producer, convinced him that it was great, and he went and got Linda Ronstadt and Phoebe Snow, uh, Phoebe Snow, oh, the yeah. backup singer on, Poetry on the Man. album. Yeah, and um, they heard it, and they were like, "No, this is you got to do this, Billy," and uh, or Bill, and uh, <laughs> he did, and just and check I, it out. And I heard the rumor of it too, just to follow up on the whole wrote it for his his ex wife that uh, he told her that he wrote it for her. And then she said, well, do I get half? <laughs> and I know that he had some problems with that whole yeah. side of the family with his business dealings. Yeah, they took him for a ride. So, yeah, sadly, after nine years of marriage, they divorced. He even said, because uh, he went on to write songs for other women in his life, to the point that he said, you know, every time I write a song for a person I, I'm in a relationship with, it that is the curse. And it's like, <laughs> here's your song. We might as well say goodbye now because well, we're well, going to break up. Well, here's Joyous Billy before the breakup with Just the Way You Are here as the Crispy Coated Robots listen to The Stranger. Please pause the device player now to review the audio file link in the show notes. Welcome back. Here's Jim and George once again. All right. Yeah, that's that's Phil Woods on the alto sax for that. Good stuff, huh? You know, Paul McCartney, this is the highest praise you can give any pop song. Paul McCartney said it's one of the few songs that he had wished that that he wished he had written. And that's a Beatle, just the way you are right there as we uh listen to the stranger here with the crispy coated robots. Yeah, it's a classic. Uh this next one's a classic too. This one uh when I was into hits as a young kid, I never really explored the albums. When I first heard this, I was like, wow, this is kind of a whole story. It goes into different spots, it slows up, it, it goes fast. It, and when he played it live in concert too, just the whole breakdown in the middle when he slows the song down. Of course, I'm talking about scenes from an Italian restaurant, which is trademark. My sister's favorite, my sister-in-law's favorite song. It's a trademark Billy Joel song. I think this is kind of the one. I mean, Just the Way You Are is a standard, but this is like, that's Billy Joel. Yeah, and uh, you know, the the story about this, first of all, before Phil Ramone, he wanted George Martin to produce the album, George Martin of the Beatles fame. And... um, Martin had all but agreed, but then he said, I want to use session players. And Billy Joel, he had done that, and and he said, no, I want to use my own guys because it just felt very... Uh, very cold to use these these other players. And those guys that I saw in concert were the guys who played on the record, and it really made a difference. Yeah, yeah. and that's Liberty DeVito and and that whole crew. Yeah. And, uh, and I think he made the right choice. But uh, how that ties into this song is Billy Joel was a fan of Abbey Road, which George Martin produced with the Beatles. Yeah. And the second side of Abbey Road are all these little leftover bits of songs. And that's what he had with scenes from Italian Restaurant, is with just this little piece, this little piece, this little piece. And he forges them together, and it just makes this just epic song. I wouldn't mind if they called the whole album Scenes from an Italian Restaurant, because it is just that good a song. And uh, about a real restaurant uh, right across the street from Carnegie Hall. It's closed now, but uh, in New York City. And uh, mainly there was an opera crowd that would come in. So he could hang out there, and people didn't know who he was at the time. And he could just people watch and uh, eat great Italian food. And, and the line 
that we'll hear momentarily, a bottle of wine, I mean, a bottle of white, a bottle of red, perhaps a bottle of rosé instead, that was actually said to him by a waiter there that came up to him. <laughs> so uh, this song, too, is the longest song on the album. I'm clocking in at 7 minutes and 36 seconds, but it is quite a journey, so enjoy scenes from an Italian restaurant as we listen to The Stranger here with the Crispy Coated Robots. Yes. It's time once again to pause in order to check out the music. Here's Jim and George once again. There you go. The yeah. epic is over as the Crispy Coated Robots listen to The Stranger. That was scenes from a dying Brinder. restaurant. Brender and Eddie. Brender and Eddie. That's Brinder. right. Uh, but uh, a great song. On to another great song, which is almost a lost Billy Joel classic for me. I really love the song. It's called Vienna. Yeah. And it's uh, all about kind of getting away, you know, <laughs> getting out. Yeah. You know, Billy's parents got divorced. I call him Billy like I... Yeah, I think you know him. You're both piano players, so I understand. Well, that doesn't give me license to say Billy. Mr. Joel, uh, his parents got divorced when he was very young, and his father, Howard Joel, moved back to Vienna, his homeland of Vienna, where he got remarried, started a new family and everything. So Billy Joel was visiting his estranged father when he saw this elderly woman sweeping up the streets, and he commented that this is awful. This, This woman has to do this kind of work. And his father said, no, 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 it's it's beautiful. She's providing a service that benefits everyone, and, and she's not just sitting at home wasting away. Uh, you know, th- There's dignity to this, and uh, that really made an impact on him, and um, just uh, it stuck with him, and, and the lines, you know, slow down, you crazy child, and everything. Uh, you know, just no matter what you do, be good at it, and you'll get there whenever you get there. Yeah, it's a great message, and here's Vienna as the Crispy Coated Robots listen to The Stranger. Please press pause now. Welcome back. Here's more from Jim and George. And we are back from Vienna. Did you have a good trip, George? Nice little accordion treat there. Yeah. Those little descending lines. I like that a lot. Crispy Coated Robots, we are listening to The Stranger. That was Vienna. And I believe we've already passed the first side, I'm sure. Yeah, that, that's the first song of the second side. So, and yeah. we're on to a song now that was controversial for me as a kid because uh, <laughs> I was going to Catholic school at the time and I was, you know, I was a good, good kid too. I was Catholic an altar boy way, and everything. Way too late. And when I heard this song, you know, I was like, whoa, am I going to die? What's going to happen to me? You know. <laughs> also, it was the dying. It wasn't it the, was the Catholic oh, part. No, it was, well, he mentions Catholic only uh, the girl the good die young and you know i'm young i'm going to catholic school am i gonna die and you were good and i I was a good kid yeah Yeah. Uh oh (laughs) so it was all this but you know and then also uh my mother being so you know staunch catholic anything that mentions anything that possibly could be detrimental to catholic yeah (laughs) yeah so it was a kind of controversial song at the time well you know there really was a Virginia, a Virginia Callahan, a, a girl that Billy Joel had a crush on when he first started playing in a band. She didn't even know he existed until he saw him at a gig. And 13 years later, he uses her name as the, the main uh, character. But I, I, I want you to check out uh, Liberty DeVito, the, the drummer on this. He bases this drum riff that starts off uh, on Mitch uh, Mitchell's uh, Jimi Hendrix, uh, up from the skies. Oh, wow. I mean, okay. it's, it's almost, I think it's almost the same, uh, uh, drum track or drum part, not drum track. You know, the drill by now, pause here, listen to the track and come back. Welcome back. Here's Jim and George once again. 
So there it is. Only the good die young. A song yeah. that scared me as a youth. And I would like to point out, Jim, I don't want to give away your age, but neither of us are young any longer. So, <laughs> Wait a so minute. So I don't know what that Let's implies just say, okay. about... I'm going to stop you right there. This is the Crispy Code Robots Listen to the Stranger, and we're moving on to the next song, uh, which happens to be another hit. She's always a woman to me. Yeah, and this is another song about Elizabeth, his his first wife. A lot of people got a little upset with this song. <laughs> so upset with the last song, upset with this, you know, because it, it sounds very misogynistic. You know, look what he says about this woman. It's a commentary on, on the women. Uh, but... Joel has said that, you know, he tried to, he, first of all, he's trying to write like a Gordon Lightfoot type song, but, you know, he said that in spite of all of these things and how relationships are not always perfect and they're dysfunctional and, and everything, it's still great. And what's funny is when you think about what, that he wrote it for Elizabeth and that they did eventually break up, um, you know, he he actually returned to this song playing it live in 2006, and then at the very end of the song he would say, "And then we got divorced." Uh, you know? <laughs> so uh, the crazy thing about this album, to me, before we get into uh, "She's Always a Woman," um, is it parallels to me Fifty Second Street, the album after with, because yeah. I think there's a lot of lot of, of the same kind of songs put in the same kind of order, and this one to me was, was always a ca- companion piece to the song Honesty, which yeah. kind of sound like you know the the same kind of thing, or like they're brother and sister. Uh, so just a little side so note. Do you there. think it's a formula or what? I I don't know, and you know, it just happens. You know, record uh, companies at the time would always say, "Hey, well, why don't you start off with a fast one again, and you know, come in with this, and then maybe do something different, like just the way you are, like Rosalinda's eyes." with that drum beat you know what i'm saying there's, well, there's a lot of stuff if that, that is true i hate to say it but they got it right good plan so yeah. let's move on to she's always a woman here as the crispy coded robots listen to the stranger please pause the device player now to review the audio file link in the show notes if you're into that kind of thing we now return to jim and george all right crispy coded robots she's always a woman there we're listening to the stranger we're up to cut number eight which is a kind of a uh Kind of a little departure for the album. It's, yeah, it's getting it right the first time. Disco, yeah. uh, kind of a. It was written as a relief to the strength of the other things. So I love this syncopated intro, though. And and listen for the flute bit, Jim. Okay, so this is every no. This is I'm, I'm going ahead. This is get it right the first time. Let me get it right the first time as we listen to the stranger. Please pause the device player now to review the audio file link in the show notes. Welcome back. Here's Jim and George once again. There you go. La, 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 la. Get it right the first time. Now, ironically, it took many attempts for them to get this song right. <laughs> Liberty DeVito, I know I keep talking about the drummer. He said it was one of the hardest songs for the band to ever record. It wasn't until really the very end of the album that they actually got it right. Is get it, it right in a crazy time. time signature, you think? Oh, I, I mean, well, it they, sounds... They yeah. have signature stuff all over here. I mean, yeah, there's, you know, there's a kind of a cornucopia of rhythms in here, but I, I don't I don't think that's it. I mean, listening to it, it doesn't sound more complex than some of the other stuff they've already achieved on the album, so I don't know. But it, it really, it was just kind of cursed, and they 
really labored over that one. But listening to it, they got it right, yeah. even if it was the hundredth time. I don't know. Okay, so George, we're we're toward the end of the album. I know you say there's two songs left, but I think these next two need to run in conjunction together, only because of the for the element of impact for the continuity of the album. If that made any sense, does that make sense to you? Yeah, I mean it's it's really one track. It's gonna. So what's gonna happen? What Jim is alluding to is it's going to go back and have a reprisal of the stranger. We're gonna get to hear that theme again. Uh, the song's called "Everyone Has a Dream." It, everybody it was, has a dream. Everybody has a Come dream. Come on, get it right the first time. <laughs> Got him. Oh boy. Uh, it, it was originally it was gonna be on uh, Cold Spring Harbor, um, but um, that that's the album that has she's got away. Uh, on there, but uh, so 1971. It was written as a kind of a folk song, like Joe Cocker gospel kind of thing. And uh, the intro always reminds me of that the opening bars of the closing of Saturday Night Live before the song goes into this little waltz with the choir. It's really yeah. interesting what they do here. All right, so here's everybody has a dream from the stranger with a little special thing at the end. Okay, it's the stranger reprise. This should be the last time that you have to pause this, I promise. And now, here are some final thoughts from Jim and George regarding this episode's selection. George is whistling here in the studio. Yeah, not, not as well as Not that, as well. But, I'm glad uh, you stopped before the end of the there's song. A, there's a lot of spittle involved. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you should see this mic. Uh, and yeah, there we have the re- returning, uh, you know, and I know you're a big fan of, of his. This always reminds me of how he goes back into this uh, reprise. The Nylon Curtain, he, at the end of that, the song, the last song on there, Where's the Orchestra, it fades out and he goes into kind of this Allentown. Clarinet Allentown thing. Right, yeah. right, to finish the album. So that's something that uh, is kind of um, And admittedly, a he's a know. huge fan of the Beatles. And, you know, as we know, Beatles and McCartney yep. always hearken to that. So he always kind of like, and from the story you told earlier on this show about how he wanted to be like the Beatles. Oh, um, yeah, the whole George Martin thing, yeah. So, um, but a great album. You know, it really did make an impact. Great album. So many hits that played that summer of, I mean, actually the fall. Four, four of, main major hits off of this thing. Moving right? out, Just the Way You Are, Only the Good Die Young, and She's Always a Woman. I remember just dominating the radio. Seventy uh, Ranked 70 on Rolling Stone's uh, 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. 246 in Colin Larkin's Top 1000 Albums. So, again, I want to go back to... He was about to lose his his recording contract with uh, Columbia. Yeah, we've heard so many stories about artists like that. They're on the brink. You know, yeah. we need that album, and they come through. Make it or break it. Yeah, and he so. definitely made it, and it really solidified him in in pop music uh, history. and And these songs are still very listenable uh, for me. I still get excited when I hear uh, scenes from an Italian restaurant, as well as the others, but especially that one because. The journey that that goes on is is really a lot of fun. And you know it's really exciting for me? The Crispy Coated Robots podcast that people can listen to every Tuesday. Well, it should be, Jim. Should be. I'm glad <laughs> and you're And talk a about a classic podcast that people will be talking about and playing for 20 years from now. And <laughs> having, think so. Having two guys sitting there and stopping it and talking through it. It's our podcast, Crispy Coated Robots, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Basically, the future's destroyed. Hate to break that to you. And we're saving we pop culture. we can prevent it. Yeah, we can. That's what we're doing, Jim. We're sent back from the future to keep that from happening. 
And how do we keep it from happening? By creating top five lists of pop culture. That we send back to the future in hopes of preventing the nuclear war to come, the big glow. So, yeah, check it out uh, and check out the uh, website. Yeah, check we're out our website. Twitter. We're on the website's amazing. CrispyCoderRobots.com. We got some great merch on there, too. We got socks. We got fanny packs. We got everything. Got information like about us. <laughs> Everybody loves socks. You on that, on you that don't note, need a, you don't need shirts or pants, but a socks and a fanny pack that'll get you through. That's right. It, it, on that note, I'm going to let George take us out because uh, you can't beat socks. So be well, be kind, and find a way to sell that you can invest yourself into others. I thought you said find a way to sell socks. <laughs> find a way that you can get some socks with Jim and George's face on it. <laughs> They'll keep you warm through the winter, I promise, or your money back. This program has been a meaningless amalgamation of crispy-coated robots under the direction of Circus Joe Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Copies of this broadcast transcript are not available, because you should have been paying more attention to the show while it was playing. You only have yourself to blame for that. Email Jim and George at crispycoatedrobots at gmail.com to inform them of what they got wrong, and all the parts that you liked, in the event that such a thing like that occurred. And finally... Be sure to check out Crispy Coated Robots on their free weekly podcast available every Tuesday at crispycoatedrobots.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. The future is counting on it.